It is one thing to accept Jesus. It is one thing to receive Jesus. It is one thing to give your heart to Jesus. And it is a different thing altogether to fall in love with him. Many people have received Jesus but have not fallen in love with him. Many people, many, many people have received Jesus but have not fallen in love with him. That is why we all have received Jesus but we all relate with him differently. We have different depths of intimacy. We are ready at different levels to pay different dimensions of prizes for the faith we have embraced. You see, somebody said that the church is the only bride that does not like the bedchamber of her husband. The church is the only bride that does not like the bedroom of her husband. That runs away from the bedroom of her husband. Church, today we are ready to do anything and everything most of the time. Except engaging God at the place of intimacy. We have preached and received in this quick gospel that tells you that God is a microwave. You put whatever you want in and get it out a few minutes later when the temperature has changed. When you fall in love with Jesus, you don't treat God like an ATM machine. When you fall in love with Jesus, you don't treat God like a supermarket. When you fall in love with Jesus, you worship him for nothing. When you can't find words to express why you worship him, you worship him. My focus of tonight is to help you bring you to the place where you can realize there is a difference between accepting Jesus and falling in love with him. For I know there are many, many people even under the sound of my voice tonight who have accepted him but have not yet fallen in love with him. When you fall in love with Jesus, no price is too big. No distance is too far to travel. No excuse is good enough. My question to you tonight is, have you fallen in love with Jesus?
Or have you just received him into your heart? See, I like saying this. We've gotten so used to using the particular statement to an extent we now use the statement and think that it's the correct thing to say. Now this thing of give your life to Christ. Don't give your life to Christ. Don't give your life to Christ. Because you first of all don't have a life to give. You can accept Jesus into your heart. You can receive Jesus into your life. The only thing you give to Jesus is your heart, not your life. God created man after his image and likeness. He told man the day we eat of this fruit, we shall surely die. Did man eat of the fruit? Yes. Did man die? Yes. The image of God in man died. So man, after Genesis chapter 3, is what? A soul? A soul? A body soul without a spirit. A dead spirit, if you want to put it that way. So you don't have life. Any man born after the adabbing nature has no life. When we receive Jesus into our hearts, we invite him to come into our hearts. Maybe I should actually explain to you what it means to be born again. Maybe I should start from there. Because it's possible the reason we have not fallen in love with him is because we really have not understood what it means to be born again. And that's why some people can confidently say, I am a born again. You are not a born again. You are born again. Being born again is not a set of people. Being born again is an experience. So when you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I have come that he may have life and have life in abundance. So when you receive Jesus, he has life and he is the giver of life. When you invite him into your heart and he comes, he gives life to your dead spirit. That's what it means to be born again. When Jesus comes into your heart, he gives life to that spirit, that dead spirit you inherited from Adam. When that spirit receives the life of Christ, then you begin to live. Then you have life. Before you met Jesus, you had no life to give him. And after you meet him, you still have no life. Galatians 2.20 The life that I now live So before you received him, you had no life. After you received him, you still have no life. So which life do you give to him? You receive him. 
I make the mistake. I make the mistake myself sometimes when I when I when I make the call because I'm so used to saying it. If you want to give your life to Christ, come. Sometimes you see, we say it even unconsciously. But we don't give our life to Christ. We receive Jesus into our hearts. And one of the reasons that most of most people receive receive Jesus in court and don't succeed to fall in love with Him is because the gospel they heard the day they answered the call was not the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is Christ. Crucified, resurrected, glorified. If I preach here for 45 minutes and 30 of those 45 minutes are filled with testimonies of how I traveled from Paris to New York, I met Samuel at office in the plane, he gave me his complimentary card, and then in my connecting flight between Washington and, and, and Houston, I met Sarkozy in the plane, and he was asking me to teach him English, and then when I... <laughs> at the end of all of that, as a one who wants to give his life to Christ, all of these people put up their hand and they are coming to the altar that they're not to come and give me God. But they are coming to the altar that to come and meet the Christ that will make them meet Sarkozy on the plane. To come and meet the Christ that will make them travel. To come and meet the Christ that will put a visa on their passport. So they ran to the altar, not to Christ. They ran to the altar to traveling opportunities. And after that day, they repeat a prayer. But they never started to fall in love with him. Because they never really met him. Have you fallen in love with Jesus? Tonight I came to give you the bitter herbs. I took all my injections in the house before coming. I knew I would not receive amens tonight. I took my vaccines. Have you fallen in love with Jesus? You see, by the way, do you know that there are different Jesuses? So it's not because the guy said in the name of Jesus that he was talking about your Jesus. It was Paul that told them, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 4, Paul told them. Anybody have a Bible, read it for me, so you don't think that I'm making up a story. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 4. Please, let's go fast, let's go fast. I need to make a few points. Before I let you go tonight. If you have seen it, stand up and read it for me. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 4. For if he will come. Yes. Preaching another Jesus. Uh-huh. Whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit. Uh-huh. Which you have not received. Uh-huh. Or a different gospel. Uh-huh. Which you have not accepted. You may well put up with it. So in that text it tells us there is another gospel. There is another the other Jesus. 
Gnosis and other spirits. In other words, the other gospel has its Jesus and has its spirit. It also has its songs. What is the difference between our Jesus and the other Jesuses? Or what is the difference between our Jesus and their Jesus? I like the way my father calls it. He says the other ones are Jesus' namesakes. Les homonymes de Jésus. But they are not Jesus. Our Jesus is Jesus crucified. Our focus is the salvation of and it. The other gospel with the other spirit and the other Jesus. <laughs> they focus on prosperity. The gospel is egocentric. Don't bother. Whenever my time is up, I'll drop the microphone. Our Jesus, the spirit of our own Jesus, the spirit of our Jesus, the Jesus crucified is humble and soft. Meanwhile, the spirit of the other Jesus and his preachers. is arrogant and proud. I am telling you how to make the difference. Number three. The gospel of Jesus crucified is Christo and Calvarocentric. centers around Christ and the cross. How many of you have noticed they no longer preach the cross in churches these days? The God is Christo and Calvarocentric. The other one is centered on the man of God and his anointing. The other one is centered on anointed commercial articles. Anointed bangle, anointed sticker, anointed water, anointed oil. The man of God is selling you anointed water and anointed sticker. He has 24 bodyguards, police, gendarme, mixed to protect him. But he's giving you sticker to protect you while you are buying. He's giving you bangle to protect you while you are buying. (laughs) who bewitched you 
who bewitched the church. Because this can only be bewitchment. I don't know why God is taking me to that direction. That's not actually what I plan to preach on tonight too. And healing is progressive. Because if you get healed one time, business capital don't finish. So it's progressive. They need to follow you up. You buy oil today, you come tomorrow, you buy water. You come the other day, you give seed. After that, you buy apple. Frère, no matola, if you come. And I wonder why nobody has caught the, the revelation of Hammer. <laughs> La nuit de Mateau. You are, I'm the one selling the, the Hammer myself. The size of your Hammer represents the size of your enemy. <laughs> but do you know why they are still in business? Because you are their customers. husband alone. Their prophet never said, Toss here, the Lord, my sister, come. You're living in sin. The Lord wants to deliver you today. No. Their prophets will only prophesy greed. They will prophesy the covetousness of the people. Can I help you? If your prayer life consists of getting material things from God and not draw you closer to God and permit you to build a personal relationship with God, it is very possible you have believed in one of those other Jesuses. You have believed in one of those other Gospels. Listen to me. Talking to God does not build intimacy with God. (laughs) The only thing that builds intimacy with God is talking with God. Problem is church, today we talk to God. We shout at him. We give him commands and instructions. We don't communicate with God. Good communication is that I put in my all to explain to you. 
and make you understand what I'm trying to explain to you. And you put in your all to receive and understand what I'm trying to explain to you. That's good communication. So you cannot say that your prayer is communicating with God where all you do is draw a chair and put him to sit down. And you talk to him for one hour. You wonder why you are praying one hour per day, two hours per day, and you are not feeling any closer to God than years ago. Because you are not talking with God. You are talking to him. And talking to God never builds intimacy. Only lovers of God can talk with God. Only people who are falling in love with him can can talk with him. Only people who are falling in love with him can be patient enough to give an ear and listen to him talk back to them. You see, God told Moses, Moses, come up to the mountain. I want to talk to you. Moses goes up to the mountain. The first seven days, God is silent. God, did you not ask me to come to the mountain for you to talk to me? I can't. Day one, day two, day three. God is not saying anything. If it was you and I. Am I helping you tonight? I'm not preaching tonight. I'm giving you bitter herbs. Anything that is bitter in the mouth is good for the stomach. (laughs) Revelation chapter 22 verse 11. (laughs) Revelation chapter 22 verse 11. The Bible says to do what is evil. Let the filthy continue to be filthy. Let the righteous person continue to do what is right. And let the whole there are the evil doers, the filthy, the righteous, and the holy. talking in that text. How can God say let the evil doer continue to be evil? How can God say let the filthy person continue to be filthy? In fact, there's a version that says let the evil man do his worst. to repent, right? When he talks like that. But why is he talking that way? Listen. In the mind of God, God does not know lukewarmness. He knows hot and he knows cold. What God is saying in this text is, Let the evil man not be 90% evil and 10% good. Let the evil man not be 10% evil and 90% good. You didn't hear what I said. God is saying, let the evil man be 100% evil. He should do his worst. 
Be so evil that even the devil will take lectures from you. God is saying, if you have chosen to be evil, there's no need playing church. You have no business sitting amongst us. God is saying, if you have chosen to live in filth, you have no business sitting amongst us. Go out life of debauchery. So it's foolish. Don't pretend. Don't be hypocrite. Why are you suffering yourself? Let me ask you, why are you suffering yourself? Just live your life. That's what God means. God means that whatever lane you have chosen, you should be so excellent in it that you become the reference. God doesn't want anybody sitting on the fence. God doesn't want anybody one leg in and one leg out. God wants to know you are calm so he knows who are his friends and who are his enemies. Hard gospel, right? I came ready for you. I'm looking at your faces. My forehead don't strong. Your eye don't go frighten me. Let he that is evil continue to be evil. Let he that is filthy continue to be filthy. And let he that is righteous and holy continue to be righteous and holy. Child of God is a function of choice. Choose wisely and be proud of your choice. If you have chosen to be evil, don't play church. Be proud and leave it to its fullest. Or what use? Will you die on hell like as a virgin and go to hell? Why are you taking your virginity to hell? Or what use will you steal an egg and go to the same hell with Bella then if he's there? That killed all the amini, amini, amini. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, listen, eh, in eternity, in that other side of eternity where you don't want to wake up from, or wake up in, <laughs> there is no cartier for the... It's the same fire, it's the same heat. Whether you stole an egg or you stole a cow, it's the same. So instead of stealing an egg and going there, steal a cow. Instead of going there because of unforgiveness, kill many. Choose your camp. And be proud of your choice. They told them, because you are neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out. Listen, God expects you to be hot for him if you are with him. And he expects you to be hot for the devil if you are with the devil. Don't dance more praise and dance more nightclub. Choose one and show all your stars there. Don't listen 
just kind of music only when you have earphone. Put the volume loud. I know that you are listening to it. Be proud of your choice. You know? God expects three things from every human being. Whether you are born again or not. God expects commitment. He expects faithfulness and consistency. If you want to live in sin, be committed to living in sin. If you want to live in sin, be faithful in living in sin. If you want to live in sin, eh, don't sleep today and, and don't sleep tomorrow. Be consistent. Draw a timetable. If you want to live in righteousness, be committed to righteousness. Be faithful to holiness. Be consistent. Choose your life and be proud of it. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, thank you, will not perish but have everlasting life. And I always say, God does not send anybody to heaven. He does not send anybody to hell. You choose where you want to go and God so loves you, he honors your choice. In other words, if I choose to believe, I've chosen not to perish, right? God honors my choice. If I've chosen not to believe, I've chosen to perish. He honors my choice. Can I help you tonight? Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin, the wages of sin is there. So sin has a wage. Sin has a salary, right? The salary of sin is there. Anybody that expects salary at the end of the month works hard to get the salary. My brother, if you want to live in sin, work hard. I discovered that hell is not punishment. Hell is not punishment. Hell is a trophy. It's a reward. Be proud of it. Mommy, come Are you not proud of all your rewards? All your trophies? You like them now? Please. If you don't want to go to heaven, eh, concentrate and work hard to go to hell. Stop wasting our time. Stop wasting our resources. If you want to go to heaven, concentrate and work hard to go there. Papa Ma was talking yesterday about discipline. It's part of it. By the way, there's a difference between hard work and working hard. Let me leave that for another day. Let me not shake that table. Are you with me tonight? I came to provoke you. I came to make you angry. That's what I'm talking, the way I'm talking. I came to find the people that want to love, fall in love with him. I came to find the people who are tired of playing religion. 
I came to find the people who are tired of belonging to a group. That's what I'm talking to you, though. I'm talking to you. You see, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Paul said, It is for this reason that Christ has set us free. Right? In verse 13, he says, Only be careful that you don't use your freedom as an occasion or as an excuse to satisfy the desires of the flesh. So whether it is sin or work of the flesh is not important. Just choose one. So that when God wants to give you a reward, everybody knows you deserve your reward. You see, Paul told them, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, Paul told them that if you walk in the spirit, you will never satisfy the desires of the flesh. So it is possible to live and not satisfy the desires of the flesh. How? Walking in the spirit. How do you walk in the spirit? It's a different teaching for another day. But I give you one practical example. Of how to walk in the spirit before we pray. Like I said, immediately showed me a time I stopped talking. But let me let me let me show you this example. I'd like to get a very tall brother. If you think you are the tallest in the hall, just come to me. Please let's go quick. I don't have much time left. Please stand here. I like to get two average, average height brothers. Two average height brothers. No, you are too tall. Yusuf, you are too tall. I need somebody who can, who can be around here. All right, let me take these two, right? No. You guys are too tall for the illustration I want to do. You look like the person I'm looking for. Come, come. These are the people that I asked to go by. You stand here. You are the tallest. Stand here. Stand by him. Let us see. Aha. Now so. If you know that you are his height mate, just come. Oh, it's like you guys are the same height. eh? All right. Two of you should come. You stay there. Two of you stand here. Please, look, hey, look at me. Look at me. Shh. There's nothing funny about what we are doing. If you had actually been listening to me talking from the beginning, there's nothing funny in everything I've said. Can I get an AJC? One AJC child. I like 
well, let me have two ages of children of, of different heights. One taller and one. Yes, you stand here. Now I need somebody very, I need a, a smaller child, smaller than him. Not, not, not a two or three year old, but is, is there any child smaller than him? They are asleep. Alright, let's, let's make do with this. Look at this. Look here. Stand here. Shift. Two of you shift to the middle here. These two people. This one is taller than this one. And these people who are the same height. But anyway, let's assume that they are the same height, right? In your eye, they are the same height. This is the flesh. This is the spirit. Please, my time is almost up. Follow me. I want to show you something. When I wake up every morning, normal man, you wake up in the morning, you have never engaged in any spiritual exercise. Your flesh and your spirit are the same level, the same height, the same size, the same strength. Galatians chapter 5 says that the flesh and the spirit are constantly at war against one another. Okay? I want to show you something very, very, very clear. Whenever you discover that more of the works of the flesh as listed in Galatians chapter 5 are evident in your life, it's an evidence that your flesh is winning the battle against your spirit. But whenever you discover that the fruits of the spirit are stronger in your life than the, than the works of the flesh, it's an evidence that your spirit is winning the battle against your flesh. Are you following me? Now look at this. If I've never engaged in any spiritual exercise, flesh and spirit, same level. Okay, I said today I am fasting. What am I doing? In fasting, I am suppressing the flesh, right? So flesh, shifts more. Come, my daughter. Shift this way. When I suppress the flesh, it goes lower than my spirit, right? They're no longer the same height. Not so. Now watch this. If all I do during the day is that I don't eat, I watch my telenovela, I watch my, my catch, I watch my Champions League, I visit my friends, I sleep for four hours. In the evening, when I break down my so-called fast, I feed the flesh. What happens? My flesh grows back to the level it was in the morning. That day is lost. But on the contrary, if I am really fasting, where I am suppressing the flesh, I am engaging spiritual activity that is feeding my spirit. So, why I am suppressing the flesh, spirit, I am praying in the Holy Ghost, reading my Bible, reading Christian literature, spending time in worship. My spirit, in the when I break my fast and I feed the flesh small, it comes back to the level it was in the morning 
But it's no longer the same height and level with my spirit. As I repeat this exercise constantly, I get to the place where my spirit is so big. My flesh is so What do my flesh cannot stop me? That's a practical example of walking in the spirit and not satisfying the desires of the flesh. You may sit down. Thank you. You see these two people? This is my spirit. This is my flesh, right? Let me show you some other thing. Spirit, stand here. Flesh, stand here. Ah, flesh, I'm black and black. <laughs> Watch this. Sharon, come. Just stand. Hold this handkerchief up. Flesh, collect. Spirit, collect. Let's see who will take. Thank you. You may, you may take your seats. Child of God, when you do that and your spirit grows, you can't help it by falling in love with him. Listen, tonight, I should have like four more minutes left from the time they showed me. I want us to use those four minutes to pray. And I don't have a prayer topic for you. But I want people who are tired of religion, tired of a group, tired of a circle, tired of a name. I want people who are tired of being a born again. I want people who are genuinely born again and who want to fall in love with the master. People want to entertain a love relationship with him. Tonight, I want people who are ready to rent their hearts before him. Today, I want people who don't need a reason to worship him. I'm looking for people who don't need a song to worship him. I'm looking for people who don't need encouragement to love him. I'm looking for people who don't need a testimony to love him. Oh yes, I'm looking for people who, who, who don't need to see anything tangible to know that he's there. I'm looking for people who can get onto the mountain and stay there seven days and don't hear his voice and not leave that mountain. Tonight I'm looking for people who circumstances of life have given them every reason to abandon God but they still hold on to him. Tonight I'm, I'm looking for people who don't have any to still keep believing on this God but yet they say I will never leave you go I will never abandon him I will never separate myself from him tonight I'm looking for people who are ready to say I'm ready to go all the way with you Lord help me father to really fall in love with you help me Lord to to engage you in Uh, tonight I, I'm looking for people who will be able to touch the father's heart. You see, you see, you, you see the power of religion. 
You're still sitting down and doing religion. But that's the power of religion. If I were you, sitting down is not the best thing to do now. I put my heart before him, Lord. when I was coming to the altar. I was seeing the promises. I was seeing the prophecies. I was seeing the healing. I was seeing the visa. I was seeing the many, many good And I opened up my heart to you. 